All right, more or less, the theme of this episode, and if you couldn't tell by the title, is IR people in the NHL. People are going on the IR and off the IR. It's pretty uh, rare occurrence for so many players in the league and so many top talent players in the league to get injured at this time of the year, but we're seeing the chains fall and a lot of people are going on and off the IR. But uh, anyways, this has been end-to-end episode number five of season two with me, TV, Joe, and Flags. What is going on, boys? We recorded last Saturday. It feels like we recorded like two years ago. I don't know why it does, but like it's just one day later than Saturday. It really does. It feels like we've, we haven't talked in like the last month. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Did you guys see uh, those two goal of the year candidates this week or what? I did. Hell yeah. Matthew Kachuk, one-timer in between the legs, and Svechnikov on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday night, had that nice lacrosse goal from behind the net against the Calgary Flames. It was, it was spectacular to see the first lacrosse move done in the NHL by Andrei Svechnikov. Obviously, I really like it because he's on my fantasy team, but uh, unfortunately, I did not win against uh, Joe this week, so... Screw you, Joe. And, yeah, it was obviously a good goal, but, I mean, Matthew Kachuk's is pretty nasty, too. I don't think it's goal of the year, to be honest, for me. I think Svechkov <sighs> oh still takes God. it home. Yeah, but... It has to be. That has to be goal of the year, I think. I know Svechnikov's was very nice, but he had so much time behind the net. Kachuk scored a game-winner in overtime. It was a one-timer in between the legs. When do you see a one-timer in between the legs? I've never seen that before. I don't know, but... <laughs> Sveshnikov's was the first that ever happened in the NHL, man. Like, no one's ever done that lacrosse goal. I know he had time to do it, but the fact that he, like, thought of it to do it in that second and then pulled it off, and it was so nice that he pulled it off. Like, Kachuk's was impressive, but, like, I've seen so many between-the-leg goals so far. Even but this that was year. a one-timer. That was a one-timer yeah, between the legs, man. Sonny Milano, even... like, deked through the stars and put a top corner with, like, two defensemen behind his back. I thought that was way more impressive. It's not even like it was, like, a forehand one-timer, though. You know what I mean? Like, you know when you're taking a one-timer, um, when the puck... Like, if you're on your off-wing and you're taking a one-timer, you could one-time it easier. Like, the way that he did it in between his legs was kind of, like... Like, he was coming in on his off wing, but he put his stick in between his legs like he was on his actual wing. Like, you know what I mean? You know yeah, what I'm I know saying? what you mean. Mm-hmm. Like, just the way that he was able to one-time it like that was just super impressive to me. Well, both are hands down one and two in the NHL at the end of the year. I don't know who's topping that, but uh, the same day, actually, Svechnikov did it, Niels Hoglander... Canucks prospect did that goal as well, and I, I think the SHL it was, and that was yeah, pretty cool to that. see two on one day. We don't get to see that often, but yeah, uh, Dude, obviously the, the difference though between the Canucks prospects goal was he bounced the puck off of the back of the net, got around a defender, and then did it and yeah. had pressure on him like that, that was yeah. I mean, Sveshnikov's was impressive as shit too, but like the Canucks prospect, what's his name again? Nils Hoglander. Hoglander. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyways, his was very impressive too. The fact that he did it under pressure. I just think that both can be cherished, and both will be one and two at the end of the year. I, that's <laughs> unreal. And the, with Kachuk's goal, it was like with a second left in overtime, like literally a second. Yeah. And that made he, it even more impressive to me. But. I know, and because the Canucks or Canucks, the Flames were down like five one or four one in the beginning of the third period, and they came back, and that was the goal that obviously won them the game in overtime. 
Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they were getting smoked too, oh, weren't smoked. they? Yeah, smoked. It was three nothing, I think, and they yeah, came back. Not even close. I know. I have to agree. It was a great goal, and the fact that it was in like with one second left, like you guys said, in overtime would made it better, mm-hmm. and it capped off that big Flames comeback. So. I guess it, it is impressive, but like I'm still going to think Shveshnikov's the best because it's the first time that's been done in the league. I know, yeah, like, Flager, sure. you're saying like it's the one-timer between the legs, which is sick on its own, but just like the lacrosse goal, like just to do it at the NHL because like this, it's happened like so many times in other leagues and it's never been done in the NHL, and then it happened. So it was like I was like, holy shit. That's fair. I could respect that opinion. Anyways, we've been talking about yeah go ahead yeah let's start covering some injuries because there's a lot of injuries to talk about yeah uh we found out this week that vladimir tarasenko is going to be out for five months Oof. he's been doing very well for the st louis blues he had three goals seven assists and 10 points and 10 games for them uh at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. uh, and gabriel landeskog is also going to be out indefinitely uh, the Avs are now without their two best players, Gabriel Landeskog and Mika Rantanen. Yeah, the horrible injuries for the Central Division. Uh, obviously, Tarasenko is not going to take part in the All-Star game that the St. Louis Blues are actually hosting this year, so that kind of sucks for him. He'd obviously be on the team for the Central Division t- um, team. And with Gabriel Landeskog, that kind of came out of nowhere with his injury, and to think that Rantanen is out as well, they're going to miss... A lot of offense on that team, but they've been doing okay so far without them. Just when the Avs get into a long road stretch or long homestand and things are going right and they're not scoring goals on the power play like they used to automatically with those two players, it's going to be rough in Colorado without them. Yeah, like these pr- are big losses for these teams. I'm pretty sure they got smoked by Arizona last night. Yeah, they got the Colorado Avalanche I'm talking yeah, about. They got shut out. And that's the goals they're missing right now without Landeskog and Ranton. Yeah. McKinnon's so, doing his best there. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a kind of it's a McDavid situation in Colorado right now when no one's around him. Well, not to say no one's around him, but I mean, obviously Landeskog and Ranton help your offense a lot, and that line's deadly when it's on on uh, on its game. And the other players just have to step up for the Avalanche now, and also the St. Louis Blues without their top scoring uh, sniper uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. So. Yeah, a lot of players in the NHL, as Flager mentioned, to start this, not segment off, but start off the injury uh, list. There's a lot of people who are IR bound, and uh, to name a few, Flager would just name them off. Why you got to put me on the spot? Because I don't want to keep talking. Name them off. I'll step up, okay, man? You got Josh Manson, Ryan Murray, Alex Texier, Scott Lawton, Martin, Patrick Maroon, Victor Hedman, Michael Ferland, and Patrick Hornquist are as well as Alex Tuck, who just came back from the IR, played one yeah, game, scored one goal, and is I don't know if he's placed on IR, but he left yesterday's game with an injury, so I'm not sure about that. And then IR found, which is people who are activated off the IR this week. We got Brian Rust, David Krejci, which is a big boost for Boston, Galchenyuk, Dumoulin, Dermott, Nate Schmidt, Evgeny Malkin, so Pittsburgh's getting a lot of their guys back. And Ablocator and Brandon Montour for the Sabres. It's a lot of injuries for the NHL in the past, in the first month of hockey, especially. And all these guys play a certain role in their team. 
for them to have success. And now just like some of the names that we just like Hedman, I don't know, like they play in the global series in like a week. And this guy keeps getting injured for the last three years. It's kind of disappointing because I have him in fantasy. But he also did this with you, Joe, last year. I remember he got injured, like, I think twice in two separate parts of the season last year. And, he, and I, I'm pretty sure it was the same injury with the leg again. Yeah. I don't even so. remember the last time he played a full season. I don't even know if he ever played a full season. It's not very good. No. But with the up, people but... who are IR found, as we like to call it, uh, big boost for Pittsburgh. Galchenyuk, Dumoulin. And Brian Rust for them. That's and Malkin. Uh, four, four players for them are coming back off the IR, mm-hmm. which is very good for them. Uh, they obviously lost in overtime yesterday to the Edmonton Oilers as Mike Smith played out of his mind, but they were all effective in each role they played for the Penguins. So uh, glad to have them back. All right, let's jump into our hard hat award winners of the week. Thomas, why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, before I looked at what you guys were writing. Actually, when I looked at you guys, what you were writing, you guys seemed to be uh, praising your own players and bashing your own players. That's kind of a theme I just noticed uh, when true, you guys were writing yeah. it down. Very true. Uh, He's talking about, Thomas is talking about the fantasy players that we own on our yeah. fantasy yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, with my hard hat award, I'm going to give it to Elias Pettersson. Uh, this guy is, he looks very good on the ice right now. He's skating well. He's shot, shooting well on the power play. Uh, with a gruesome Quinn Hughes injury that I think should be more talked about because I don't know what the Canucks are hiding or anything, but they said he's okay. I just don't think he is. But on that power play with him passing the puck to Pedersen for that one-timer, Pedersen looks even better. He has three goals, six assists, nine points in the last seven days, two power play goals, two power play assists, or four power play points on the week. And he also leads the Canucks in points with 20 in 14 games. Uh, Very good player for the Canucks. They're going to need him all season. They're going to need him healthy all season. So, yeah, he's my hard hat a winner for the week. My hard hat is going to Elias Pettersson's liney, Brock Besser. In the last seven days, he has four goals, three assists, and four power play points in three multi-point games and four games played. He scored a hat trick on uh, against L.A. in Los Angeles on Wednesday night. He also had one game-winning goal, 13 shots on goal, two block shots, and one face-off loss, unfortunately, but face-offs aren't his job as a winger. Uh, and he's looked very, very, very good this past week. He uh, is helping me pull through with a victory in fantasy hockey, so I'm happy about that. Um, and can you guys believe that Pedersen and Brock Besser aren't even on the top line in Vancouver? They're playing on the second line with JT Miller. Yeah, it's Horvat. Uh, I don't even know who his line mates are. Horvat, Pearson, and Bertanen, I think, are on the first line. Which is <laughs> crazy. Like, I don't even six. know if you would call that a first line. but That's know. what I'm confused about. I don't know how Pedersen and Besser aren't on that first line. But. I think maybe it's for matchup purposes, maybe. Yeah, probably. Could be. Yeah. So, I respect that you guys are picking two Canucks players because they have been like on a tear recently, but I'm going to mm-hmm. go pick... One member of the best line in hockey, and that is the rat, Brad Marchand. Marchand had four goals, seven assists for 11 points in the last five games, so over two points a game. And he's pretty, it's pretty diverse, not just all power play points. He only scored one power play goal in the last five games, and that was yesterday. And yeah, that Boston line is absolutely unstoppable, even with Bergeron and Marchand in their 30s, they're still getting it done. Pasternak's like scoring at will, basically. 
and he's just a monster out there. Like that line is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that they're really, still yeah. producing like absurd numbers, like four years together. I think they've been together around four years. Just no one has an answer for them really. Like they'll each at least get one or two points a game. Mm-hmm. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's honestly unheard of. Yeah. Since we're on the topic of the Bruins, uh, I want to bring up the eighty-two game challenge. The breakdowns in two game NHL challenge. Uh, I was on like an eight or nine game win streak, and last night I kind of made not a stupid play, but the Bruins are playing the Senators, and I, I said that um, I was expecting the Bruins to shut out the Senators, and I made a prop bet um, that both teams would not both score in that game, um, basically predicting that the Senators wouldn't score, but they they did end up scoring. So my eight or nine game. Winning streak came to an end, unfortunately, but I'm still net profiting over 10 units. So keep telling me because I'm still hot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just talking about Brad Marchand for a second there, Joe. Uh, His line mate, David Pasternak, is the first Bruins player to record five assists in one game in the last 13 seasons. Uh, This obviously happened uh, a week ago tonight, actually. Yeah, a week ago tonight. On October 27th versus the New York Rangers, where they absolutely killed the Rangers in that one. I'm pretty sure the game was like 7-2 or something. So, Pasternak is putting up uh, close to hitting career numbers with a five-assist game. That's freaking crazy. I know. And then Bergeron last night uh, hit a milestone of 500 career assists in the National Hockey League versus the Ottawa Senators, as uh, Flager mentioned with his uh, 82-game challenge there. These guys just don't stop scoring, do they? Like, no, it's crazy. Like no one else is scoring on that team, really. Like they just and like they have like one regulation loss, Boston. Yeah, they're they like do. Yeah, ten one and two. Like mm-hmm. it's retarded. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to explain it. They're just too good. Yeah, that has to do with goaltender Tukaras playing really good as well. Yep. Pretty sure he doesn't have a loss in regulation, or he has one or something like that. Anyways, it's an overtime loss, good. I think, too. It's not even a regulation loss, I don't think. Yeah, so they're obviously a great team, and we predicted they were going to finish behind the Leafs to, uh, in the standings for the playoffs, but it doesn't look like that right now. No. Maybe at the end of the did season guys, it will look different. But Did you guys see the Leafs shootout last night against the Flyers? I did. 11 rounds. Yeah. They just when was the be... last time you saw that? I haven't seen that in years. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, that was kind of embarrassing. Everyone, Every good player missed. Yeah. And a lot of players were trying to go five hole. Yeah, I didn't understand. Did you see see Timishov and Matthews try and do the Kucherov? Yeah. That was brutal. Both (laughs) brutal attempts. And then did you see JVR literally just try to like Like, backhand it? I don't know what he was doing. He was skating, didn't even make a move, just skated straight in at Freddie Anderson. And put it backhand and just backhanded it like right into his bread basket. I don't know what he was thinking. (laughs) Everyone just looked shit in the shootout. Yeah. Maybe they just don't like it, and our last conversation was like that as well. Yeah, they just listen <laughs> to us. They're like, we just want to get out of here, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all those shots um, deserve the golden plunger, and that is our next segment, folks. Uh, so I don't. my player for this one, I don't know how he's not been on the list, but we'll flush the toilet for him. A big flush for this player. And it's Milan Lucic. I don't know how he has not been on this list this year. I don't think you guys picked him, no? No. I, but no. Honestly, so, like, the, if you flush the toilet with this guy, it's going to get clogged horribly. Yeah. 
And that's what the plunger is for. But obviously this plunger is not working because Milan Lucic looks crap every game. He has recorded no points in the last seven days and has three points on the season. Um, he's obviously traded kind of one for one for James Neal. There were some picks and uh, things included in there. But he has three points, no goals. Neal has like 12 or 11 goals on the year. The trade's already won by the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, it's to over. believe it or not. <laughs> it's about so, time they won a one for one deal. Honestly, and like the Hall Larson, they lost that horribly, but at least they're kind of winning with this one. Milan Lucic look, looks lost and he's about to get suspended. Hopefully, Flames fans actually want him suspended. I don't get why you would want a player on your own team. Well, because he's a fucking idiot. But he is an idiot, yes. He's an idiot. Like, why are you punching someone? Who's very vulnerable in a play, and it was a rookie. I don't. I forgot his first name, but it was Sherwood, who just got called up that day. Gets suckered by Milan Lucic in that one. So I don't. I don't know what he's doing. He looks lost. He looks slow, and uh, I don't know if we expected Milan Lucic to look this bad, but he's looking bad. Disaster over there in Edmonton. I know Calgary. I should say. It really is. Actually, sorry. Um, I just got an an update. He's been suspended two games. <laughs> Wow, that's well deserved, well dude. Deserved. That is actually how often has that happened to us? Where we got a live update as we're talking about something, like literally as we're talking. Yeah, two games right now, right now, just thirty. This is the fourth ago. time this has happened since we ever started this podcast. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Anyways, right. I guess I'll go next. Mm-hmm. Um, my golden plunger is going to a Tampa Bay Lightning player, not Steven Stamkos, although he could use one too. <laughs> it's going to Nikita Kucherov. He only has one point, which was a goal on Tuesday against the New York Rangers in the last three games. Uh, he only has eight shots on goals, seven hits, and a blocked shot. And he's just been brutal all season long. He hasn't been doing very well for me. I have him in fantasy hockey. He's getting my gold blunder. He hasn't. He has not looked very good at all. I believe I took him first overall in fantasy hockey. I'm assuming most people that listen to this podcast um, did probably. Yeah try to target him at some point in the first round and he's just been nothing but a disappointment this season so he's getting my golden plunger hopefully he'll turn things around mm-hmm. yeah. oh big interruption in the caruso household <laughs> <laughs> okay <I'll edit> that. <laughs> fucking that's retired that's all i can say probably duck cleaning <laughs> fuck yeah editing that part out oh yeah okay so my golden plunger of the week is another player on my fantasy team like Marchand, and it's the captain of the absolutely brutal Sharks, Logan Couture. He has one assist in the last five games as the as a basically the first line center, mm-hmm. and he has one goal on the season. One. The Sharks look terrible, and I could easily see DeBoer getting fired. I could see them. I don't even know. Like, I, can, like I think a, aren't they on a nine-game losing streak right now or something? I don't know how long the losing streak is, but it's Five bad. Minutes. Their goalies are brutal. Oh they can't gosh. score. Carlson and Burns look embarrassing. <laughs> like they're so disappointing. And after they kind of inked Carlson to that long-term extension, they even brought, brought back old Patty Marlow, old reliable, yeah. to kind of help. And it's just nothing's working in San Jose right now. They can't get a save for their life and they can't score a goal if their lives depended on it. Yeah, I kind of want to keep talking about this kind of trend in the NHL with top-level talents not performing at all. Like, 
I mean, as much as Austin Matthews is playing really good and he has a lot of goals on this season, like he's not playing well for the Leafs. And with Nikita Kucherov, like he's the best player in the NHL last year. And to come out like this with the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are struggling as well, they are struggling. It's weird that we're seeing a lot of top-level talents perform like this. And with Couture being named captain, the signing of Carlson in the offseason, we all thought Martin Jones was going to have a comeback season because you couldn't get much worse than last year. He's probably worse than last year to start the year off with the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. I mean, he's just been terrible. And he has, like, a couple years left on his deal. Like, they Mm -hmm. can't really trade him. They don't have any, like, backup. Aaron Dell's just as bad. <laughs> they don't have anyone, really, to kind of turn to right now. They don't have, like, a Jordan Binnington yeah, they can pull out of their ass to, like, yeah. save the season. All right, let's transition into what you say. What you say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thomas, go first. All right, I'll go first. Um, my what you say for the week. Uh, by the way, thanks to Jason Drool for that. Thanks for sponsoring this segment with that song. Uh, I'm picking Duncan Keith talking about Dustin Bufflin uh, with his knowledge of former NHL players. Like, it, when you guys, I don't know if you hear this quote, but man, he it sounds like a big idiot who just plays hockey because he's good at it. I don't know. We'll, we'll hear it though, but uh, we'll play this right now. Uh, this is Duncan Keith talking about Dustin Bufflin and his NHL knowledge when he got drafted to the NHL. And guys were asking him, just getting home you know like what do you do you, do you know have you heard of joe sackick he's like who's that guy you know <laughs> never heard of brandon shanahan never heard of him never knew anything never well i don't watch hockey you know like. <laughs> big buff does kind of seem like that kind of player that doesn't really watch a lot of hockey i guess uh he seems like the kind of guy that would sit at home during the week on a weeknight at like 3 a.m and just watch like south park for hours and hours at a time <laughs> He's doing that right now, so... I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, anyways, my what, my what you say quote of the week is going to David Pasternak on his pregame meals. Yeah, definitely. Every game day with some pasta, you know, it's my favorite. Uh, probably spaghetti with uh, meat sauce, probably bolognese. Nice. I mean, pretty typical for David Pasternak to eat pasta. I mean, his nickname's pasta, so... You think that's for real? You think he actually eats pasta? It's a joke. I don't know. I don't know what to believe from these Boston Bruins players, but whatever makes them good, I mean, pasta is making pasta good, so. Yeah, I guess, I, I don't know, like, a lo- I think pasta is, like, a lot of go-to uh, pregame meals for most NHL players, because, like, carbs gives them, like, energy after they yeah. take, like, their nap, and then, like, they're, they're <laughs> energized for the game. A lot of people have, like, chicken parm and stuff like that, too, so I'm not really <laughs> surprised, but it is funny how he, like, he incorporated it right into his his nickname. O-Dog loves a chicken parm. <laughs> Hayes loves one too, man. <laughs> can go for two at any given time. Oh my god, those guys are so stupid. Anyways. Okay, my what you say. Sorry, I was going to say, I was, I was a big fan of pasta before hockey games. When, back when I was playing minor hockey, I, was, I would always eat exactly three hours before the game. Because by the time I digested <laughs> Digest it, show, yeah. that was when I got the energy. So, my what you say of the week is another segment from... Uh, our insider Laszlo Holmes, <laughs> and he is uh, interviewing real hockey player Ryan O'Reilly. Of last season, and it looks like uh, you only scored about 77 points in 28 goals. That's uh, obviously a pretty low-scoring season. Uh, Coach must have been really mad at you. How are you, how are you going to improve? Uh, 
Well, actually, that's a, a career high for myself, and uh, okay. I might have led the, led the team. So LeBron can do that in two games. All right, thanks, Laszlo, for that little segment. Uh, <laughs> you're talking to a real, a real hockey guy in Ryan O'Reilly. He unfortunately couldn't put up the points this year, but he does get the job done. He's a good hockey player. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, thanks to Jason Drulo for sponsoring this segment. What you say is a pretty good segment. We always like it. We're always looking forward to every week, even though there's not much to talk about when it comes to quotes during the week. I mean, Jay and Dan are a great source for that. That's where I get mine from. So, uh, yeah, thanks to Jason Rula for this one. We'll move on to the Battle of the Buds, the most, I don't even what what you call it, the most, like, I don't know. Competitive segment. The most competitive, and it's the longest segment that has been on this show. We've been doing it ever since we started, I think, Thomas, right? Yes, we have, yeah. Anyways, we'll get right into it. I had a brutal week. I went one and two. Um, my only one of the week was the St. Louis Blues beat the Wild in Minnesota on the 30th. Thomas, you won the week. You went two and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal beat the Coyotes for you. And then Washington beat Buffalo on Friday night. That was actually a very good game. I don't know if you guys watched it. Well, know, a good game for Washington, that is. Because Washington just destroyed Buffalo. Yeah, and none of their top guys got... I don't even think they were didn't get points. points. Yeah, Ovechkin, no, you're nothing. right. Backstrom, nothing. Kuznetsov, nothing. Carlson, nothing. Oshie, nothing. Yeah, it was all their depth players just stepping up, and obviously got the five-one dub or six-one dub. Yeah, they looked like their bottom players looked like all stars that night. I know. And honestly. then Joe, you went one and two this. Yeah, I didn't have I'd... a great week. It's after a, my nice me and you one. both. Me yeah, and you me both. and you both. After my nice two and one week last week, yeah. I went one and two. So I lost. I picked the Flames to beat the Jets on at the Heritage Classic. They lost that in overtime. I had the Ducks beat. I mean, I had the Knights beating the Ducks, which I I got. And then I had the Lightning beating the Rangers, and the Rangers smoked the Lightning like mm-hmm. four or five one. That was a shocker. I yeah. couldn't believe that when I saw yeah. that. That was brutal. I just mind you, the Lightning the playing. The Lightning have not looked good though this year at all. No, no, no. they are. What's their record? I think they're like, like 500. Five, four, and, five, four, and one or something like that. Yeah, yeah. just above 500. Like when Not you good. have a shootout with the New Jersey Devils 7 6, and your goalie, Curtis McElhaney, makes 43 saves in that one to keep you in the game, there's something wrong. Like there's clearly something wrong. We should honestly just have two staples on the Golden Plunger. One <laughs> is that plug up in Calgary in Lucic. And yep. one is that guy who can't save a beach ball in his life in New Jersey. Those guys should yeah. be staples for the Golden Plungers. Of how Corey Schneider, I'm guessing you're talking about. Yes, I am. That <laughs> Ginger Schneider, man. He, I don't even know how he's still in the league. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, there's... Well, they just got Louis Domingue, actually, in a trade from the Tampa Bay Lightning. So those two made a deal. I don't, I, I don't know how you can get it rid of a guy with a $6 million cap hit. I, I just don't think it's possible... Even if he goes through waivers, he's going to the AHL. No one's picking him up. At this point, sure. just buy him out. Yeah, but is it worth it? Like I don't know how many who years, would he they get? years he has. Who would they get as the goalie? Like Who would replace him? Louis Domain. They have to draft one, hopefully, this year for sure. They really need one. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. let's get back on topic here. Back to Battle of the Buds. So, anyways, as we were saying, I went one and two. Thomas mm-hmm. went two and one. And Joe went one and two. So that brings me to six and six. And Thomas and Joe, you guys are both seven and five. 
So it's getting, it's, uh, it's getting getting intense here. It's still <laughs> pretty close. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll start us off for this week. My first pick will be on November 5th. I actually have two picks on November 5th. I'm going to take the New York Islanders, who play the Ottawa Senators, and then the Toronto Maple Leafs against the LA Kings. Both of those games are on November 5th. Mm-hmm. And then on November 7th, I'll be taking the Vancouver Canucks against the Chicago Blackhawks. They're actually going to be in Chicago that night. And then I'm going to go with my picks. I'm going to take the Rangers, who are host to the Senators on November 4th, uh, the Capitals, who are going to Florida to visit the Panthers on November 7th. I'm taking the Capitals on that one. And then I'm taking the Bruins, who are going to Detroit versus the Red Wings on November 8th. So uh, I have the first of back-to-backs for the opponent in the New York Rangers over the Senators, and obviously Flager has the Islanders over the Senators, who are the Senators' next game in that back-to-back. So I think they will be very tired because that team's not very good, and hopefully both of us can uh, pull dubs from that one, Flager. All right, so my picks for this week of Battle of the Buds. I got the Predators at the Wings on November 4th. I'm picking the Predators on the road. And then the next day on November 5th, St. Louis visits the, the red-hot Vancouver Canucks at home. I have the Canucks winning that one. And then on November 7th, the Canadians are visiting the Philadelphia Flyers on November 7th. And I have the Canadians winning that one on the road. Not bad Want to explain picks. your quicks? Honestly, the Canadians at Flyers is going to be a toss-up, I think. That's going to be a close game. That's why I'm picking it, man. I, gotta, <laughs> I don't want to always pick some easy matchups like uh, oh, buddy. So I'm not Islanders at Senators. <laughs> no, they're actually at home against the Senators. <laughs> Okay, or the no, Bruins but at I, the I need Wings. I need to catch up. That's why I'm games like yeah, that. Yeah, it's smart. It's strategic, are, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Come yeah, on, but Joe. I I tried to pick slam dunk games last week, like Lightning at Rangers, and it backfired. It's true. That is true. It does backfire a lot. Not yeah, lie. like there's so much parity in the league. Like you, it's not every single game's a slam dunk. <laughs> last not year was horrible. Sure. Me, me and Flager just abused the Ottawa Senators. As yeah, should, I think they are every single week between the two of us, there would be at least <laughs> three games where we pick against the Sens. <laughs> well, currently, you guys picked one each this week. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. did. <laughs> but the Sens aren't even, they're not even that bad this year, man. Like, I yeah. mean, they're bad, but like, they're not as bad as last year. No. Last year, they were brutal. Yeah, last The year. Kings, I picked against the Kings this week. The Kings are looking very, very bad. Yeah, they won an overtime last night versus the Hawks, but the Hawks are brutal. Yeah, let's talk I about cannot that, please. Believe oh that. my god! Ever since they fired Joel Quenville, like karma came their way. I don't know why they fired Quenville in the first place because he's a great coach, in my opinion. Honestly, if I were the Leafs, I would have fired Babcock when he was available <laughs> and, and got Quenville. But I think he's in Florida now, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, ever since the Blackhawks got rid of him, they just went downhill. That they have a good team on paper brutal. too. Brutal. Yeah. yeah, but on paper it looks like pretty decent. Their top oh, yeah. six is their top six is actually decent on paper, but my god, it's bad. Like, okay, I'm gonna quickly just quickly pull up their stats for the top scoring players. Yeah, go ahead. Um, hold on a second. Player stats. Here we go. Their top score on their team is it's not that bad though. Patrick Kane, ten points in twelve games. Yeah, but then their captain Jonathan Taze. You have to scroll down a lot to go to him. And he's at three points in 12 games. He's their he just second got one point, point last night. Uh, their second point getter is the Brinkett. Seven points in 12 games. The Brinkett? He's a third line? Yeah, no, actually sure. he was playing on the fourth line the other day. 
Was yes, he? Sir. I know he's yeah. yeah, he's in the bottom six. He's been playing with the bottom six. Alex Nylander's been playing on that top line, I think. Yeah, it's not looking good for the Hawks right now. They need to step yeah. it up because clearly hasn't worked. Well, the last yeah. couple of years though, they've kind of fallen off the map. Like they haven't made playoffs the last two years now. Yeah, three. Three. Three? Yeah, yeah, even even more. But Robin Leonard, I gotta say he's playing good. He has a nine three eight save percentage and a two point two six goals against average so he's clearly not the problem Corey crawford on the other hand is the problem as well he doesn't have a good record and he doesn't have good save percentage or goals against average so that team is not looking good i mean no one had ex- expectations for them to get back in the playoffs this year but they have been brutal yeah they have it's bad really bad <laughs> like two three points for jonathan taves like you're the captain he had a career year last year. People yeah. thought, like, oh, maybe, you know, he's 30, you know, he's done. Yeah, but he came yeah. back last year, had a good year, and now he's, like, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's bad. Let's talk about some more bad teams Let's here. Let's talk about the NFL for a second. Oh, the Miami Dolphins won against New York Jets today. I'm pretty happy about that because I had a money line bet, man, on them. Unfortunately, I did not release it. I've been releasing... NFL picks on Twitter since week one of the NFL. And that was one of the picks that I did not release. I should have because I was a huge underdog win. So they Anyways, first back dub. to NHL. First dub. Out of boy Dolphins, man. I Josh knew they Rosen, wouldn't go. Into... Fitzpatrick. The Jets are just brutal. Sam they Darnold, just go back to making out with girls, man. Like, you're useless over there. <laughs> I'm sure he's getting lots in there. Yeah. Even though he has been brutal. No one cares. Yeah. All right. Let's stick back to yeah. hockey now. Okay. So bad teams now. Yeah. Okay. Let's Even more brutal teams. <laughs> let's talk about more brutal teams. The yeah. Detroit Red Wings. They oh, were on an no. eight-game losing streak for, for two weeks <laughs> where they scored 14 goals in eight games, which is not very good. But uh, on the other hand, allowed 34 in eight games as well. But they, they got a win recently, so that ended that horrible skid. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another brutal team. No, but um, obviously, again, no expectations for these clubs. But, man, you got to put up an effort some games. Like, eight, 14 goals in eight games. Bad. Like, that's bad. And then they obviously made that trade for Brendan Perlini. I don't know how much that's going to help, but they got him from the Hawks for a London Knights player currently i forgot his name i to be honest but i don't know how much brandon pirlini is going to help that offense score goals they do have a decent amount of offense i mean larkin bertuzzi mantha uh, athanasiu so like bad teams are bad this year they're like even the good teams are starting off bad as well but yeah well like tampa bay lightning we talked about before mm-hmm. they're not looking hot you know who's looking hot the New York Islanders, somehow, they surprised me. I, I could not believe. They're on a, a nine-game winning streak right now. They're looking really hot. Yeah. Barry Trotz, ever since he's been there, he turned that franchise right around. Yep. And yeah, I never really realized how much coaching could make a difference in the yeah. NHL. Like, if With we were Trotz, talking about Joel Quenville, big. ever since he left the Blackhawks, they kind of turned dog shit. Now, Barry Trotz in, the island, in New York, I mean, on Long Island – he kind of turned their franchise around. It's amazing how big of a difference coaching actually makes in the NHL. Yeah. Like, the Islanders don't have, like, players that are, like, shut down. Like, 
amazing defenseman. Like they don't have an amazing defenseman at all in New York. They just kind of like yeah, not at all. get it done. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they just buy into the system. It's team defense. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, team defense. And then even like they signed Semyon Varlamov this offseason. So him and Grace have been splitting starts, and both of them have been really, really good so far. Mm-hmm. Like no one has a point per game on their team. I think Barzal has 11 points in 13 games this year. So yeah, they just get this it team done. Just buys into the system. Yeah, like they don't have a number one defenseman and they don't have amazing depth. But again, as you said, it they get it done. So Bray Trotz, congratulations to him on this win streak. Nine games. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, I'm pretty sure this is kind of not random, but I thought it was random when I heard. This. I'm pretty sure Timu, I think it was Timu Solani, said that his favorite player and one of the best players in the NHL, in his opinion, is Matthew Barzell of the New York Islanders. That kind yeah. of shocked. Like when I heard, I'm pretty sure it was Timu Solani. It was some ex NHLer, like Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, it really shocked me, though, the fact that, uh, and, well, uh, I, I'm pretty sure Solani's in the Hall of Fame. The fact that a Hall of Famer <laughs> yeah, <he> said <laughs> um, that Matthew Barzell is his favorite player to watch, it's kind of kind of shocked me a little bit, threw me off guard. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. That's a bit surprising. But, like, Barzell, that rookie season, he was sensational, but he hasn't really put up the points since then. And, like, it may have to do with, like, Trotz's system and how they play he's not like as freewheeling maybe but like he still gets some points here and there but he wasn't as elite as he was in his rookie season right now he had 11 points in 13 games that's not bad Josh Bailey has 11 points in 13 games that's not bad either at all yeah that's good let's uh talk about the Nashville Predators who were in the news a lot this week Mm mm-hmm um, for it started off with them signing their franchise defenseman Roman Yossi to an eight-year contract extension with just a hair over nine million, which makes him the third highest-paid defenseman in the league behind Drew Doughty and Eric Carlson. Um, mm. I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on this deal. I think it's solid. Yep. I don't love it because it's eight years and he it starts when he turns thirty, so there could be a risk there. But with how Yossi plays, he's not really reliant on like explosive speed and like going all out attack he's he's a very balanced defenseman he's very smart so i feel that if in like four or five years when he's in his mid-30s um he can transition his game to just playing like more of a smarter role he doesn't have to constantly put up the points and like jump into the offense but he's smart enough to kind of create his own offense even if his speed is declining Mm -hmm. So I I don't mind this deal. It's not the greatest, but like I the Preds needed to do this after trading Subban last offseason. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think the money like nine million per year for Yossi isn't bad at all. Like that's pretty reasonable, I think. But eight years is a long time. And you mentioned that his contract won't even kick in until he turns thirty years old. So like I'm expecting him to regress by the time he turns 38 by the end of his contract like that's that's a long long term deal uh did you guys see right after he signed that deal he was walking into yeah the national predators arena <laughs> yeah i saw that like all of like everyone Stop. that worked for the national predators and i think some of the players were all like on either sides of the hallway like applauding him as he was walking into the arena it was pretty funny yeah, it was funny. And then you saw the random Ryan Johansson just giving him a thump, thumbs up and stuff like that. Yeah. Pretty cool, yeah. Right? Um, 
I think the reason why the Preds also gave it to him, this is just another quick thought, because he's been on a bargain deal his whole career. Yeah. I just realized he's he was making four million up until the end of this year. Wow. Yeah. Four. Yeah, it's really good for the guy that Roman Yossi is. Yeah, so he he's, honestly deserved this contract. He's leading the Predators in points right now. He has 14, 14 games he's been a with beast. Ryan Ellis. Ryan Ellis, another defenseman, is also leading. He's tied for 14 points in 14 games played with Roman Yossi. They're both leading their team in points. That's kind of shocking a little bit. Yeah, and then did you guys see their uh, Winter Classic jerseys? Honestly, yes. The- I actually kind of like them. Uh, yeah, let's give some thoughts here. Okay, so Flagger, you like them. I do like them. Joe. I think they're kind of like vintage. I, I like the vintage look. It's like different, the, the, for vin- sure. the vintage writing. Yeah, it is very different. For me, I, I like them. It's like they have their logo. The National Predators like writing is not their logo, just to confirm that. Their logo is on their shoulders, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I just would rather that logo be the front and center logo instead of the national predators like it's really simple and that that's what teams should do for winter classics make the jerseys as simple as possible because we don't want to see like the leafs a couple years go all white like it just looked ugly with these ones it's kind of like really simple and i like i like that about the team but i just wish an actual logo was in the center of their jersey instead of a writing and just like what the montreal canadians do with the colors right across the chest and back of the jersey but i, I mean i don't mind them they're they're fine just Hoping the Dallas ones could be a bit better than that, but I really like them. I I like the the writing on the the front, like on where the logo would be originally. Like I mm-hmm. I, I know we're used to seeing logos on the front of jerseys, but I kind of like the vintage look to it. I really like it. Yeah, like I I like it. I don't love it. Like it, yeah, it's that, different. That's it's me. different. It's different. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it can be a good winter classic. I mean, it's at the Cotton Bowl, great stadium, historic stadium. So yeah. looking forward to that winter classic. It's different. Two different teams. We've never seen an outdoor game before. So I'm looking forward to it instead of the same damn teams in the winter classic. Yeah. yeah. Who's usually, I know, uh, obviously the Capitals. Pittsburgh, Chicago. Chicago. Philly used to be a Philly's years in it ago. a lot. Uh, Boston, too. A couple Boston, times, yeah. I think. Yeah. The I mean, Leafs, you could, you Leafs and Red Wings were only one year, I think. Yeah, one Twice. winter classic and then one, one centennial. Yeah, centennial. So Yeah, I guess you could count that as an outdoor game. Well, I mean, yeah. it is an outdoor game. <laughs> I think they just should keep the limit to outdoor games for like two to three a year. That's what I think, too. Now they have like all these. Uh, we saw the Heritage Classic, what, last weekend, I think it was? Yeah. That was so early for for an outdoor game. It seemed like I know it was in wherever, friggin' the prairie Saskatchewan. somewhere. Saskatchewan, <laughs> yeah. Um, the marketing for that game was. Brutal. It just seems like it was. It seems yeah. like yeah, like there's just way too many outdoor games now. It used to be fun when it first like became a thing, and one I remember year. it would always be one or two a year. I think there would be one Heritage Classic and one Winter Classic, if I'm not mistaken. That yeah. was the best because everyone looked forward to watching that. But now it's like, for like every <laughs> every couple weeks, it seems like there's no door. Yeah, that Not has actually, to do but... with the stadium series, which every metropolitan teams plays in. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins have had countless jerseys on jerseys on jerseys for these yeah. games, and they sell them all the time. My brother has like three in his closet. Like, like when are they just gonna stop releasing jerseys 
and keeping them in outdoor games. Like we want to see different teams in different games. I don't know. I don't understand, but remember the year there was a stadium series game in LA. Yeah, I didn't mind that though. That was new. That's kind of like good. It was kind of, but it was kind of weird at the same time. Yeah, I mean, just notch it down to like three or two games a year max in between two in between like two months, three months every outdoor game, which would be fine. Uh, too many are just a bombarded for fans and stuff like that. I don't want seven a year because then what's the point of playing outdoor? What's the specialty of pl- having an outdoor game? when you're supposed to have like once a year when it was on uh, January 1st. Exactly. Anyways, I think <laughs> I think that's enough to- random talking for now. Um, just to quickly mention, um, Adam Lowry was suspended, obviously, two games for his hit from behind. And Oliver Shillington at the Heritage Classic last year, speaking of outdoor games, uh, last week, sorry. And he also hit Alex Tuck, as Joe mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Um, he's out with an upper body injury, so in a one week spanned Adam Lowry's in the news again with a vicious hit. It didn't look that vicious on Tuck, but obviously the Shillington one was concerning because he was out on the ice. And did you also see Scott Sabrin out on the ice, out cold by a David Backus reverse hit? Yeah, Backus yeah, felt terrible about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was bad. That was a bad hit. Bad outcome, not bad hit, but a no, bad no, outcome. that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. yeah, like it was unfortunate. I guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that put pretty much puts episode five to rest any of you guys have some thoughts and last words uh just keep checking out content on the breakdown we've been putting together a lot of content the last few weeks so just check us out over there and uh follow us on instagram twitter like us on facebook we have some quality content coming out soon and of course nfl we always have bets every single week especially college football so just follow us on there. Yeah, I'd say college football is probably one of our most popular mm-hmm. sports to cover. Yeah, uh, We have a lot of NCAA football content that comes out. Uh, now NBA is in full effect, so we have a lot of NBA content coming out too. Um, next week, we might have some big news for everyone. Uh, we'll a see. little tease there from uh, AJ Flags. We'll see. We'll see <laughs> what happens. But uh, yeah, so keep your eyes and your ears open. Uh, like I always do at the end of the episode, just going to name the top scorers in the league week to week. Uh, the top scorer in the league with 27 points is David Pasternak. The top scorer in the league with 13 goals is Dreisaitl and Pasternak, who are tied for first. Uh, wins is still Marc-Andre Fleury with eight wins. And just the last words for me, I have an article released. I think it was released yesterday for the Players of the Month, five best players in the NHL from the month of hockey in October. So go check that out if you have a chance. And uh, yeah. Just keep listening to the podcast. We're releasing weekly. Hopefully we'll get it out uh, next Saturday, not on the Sunday. Uh, But this has been End to End, Season 2, Episode 5, TV Joe and Flags. We will chat with you guys next week.